0: ask you again please continue to pray about this election that's coming up I believe it's very vital for our country tonight if you would please turn to Matthew chapter 13 Matthew chapter 13 and I'd like to read some to you if you would please Matthew chapter 13 and I'll begin to read verse 1 the same day when Jesus out of the house and set by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so they went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed some seeds, fell by the wayside. And the fowls came and divided them up. Some fell upon stony places. Where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and choked them. Others fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirty. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you'll open our spiritual eyes tonight that we can understand thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I uh, guess I've studied this portion of Scripture about as much as any when it comes to the book of Matthew, especially. Uh, Sometimes if you get a chance, you need to read all seven parables that's given to us in Matthew chapter 13. Now, the seven parables here gives us a picture of the work of the gospel in the world of this present age. The basis and foundation of the church age is the going forth of the sower. Verse 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. So we know what it's about. The results and progress of the sowing of the seed is given in the first part, of the first parable of the seven parables Jesus only interprets the first two and this interpretation is given beginning with verse 18 look at verse 18 now, now he gives the parable in the first seven verses or eight verses and then he gives the interpretation of it beginning in verse 18 hear therefore the parable of the soul. Now notice, we're told that the sore is the son of man, uh, beginning in verse nineteen. And when one when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and kisseth away that which is sown in his heart. This is he who receiveth seed by the wayside. Now notice here, verse thirty-seven, if you would please, uh, says uh, the sore is the son of God. Verse 37 says, He answered and said unto them, He that soweth a good seed is the Son of Man. Notice also, if you would please, that the seed, the Bible says, is the good seed. So we know that all the seed now that's being sown is good seed. He's talking about the Word of God, All right. So he's talking about the seed is all of its good. And Jesus began the task of preaching the Word into all the world. Now it's a duty and a privilege whoever believes in to care on this sowing of the seed around the world. That's the reason we support missionaries. We want the seed all around the world to be sown. Notice also, as I said, now this, the seed is good. All of it. Although some of the seed fell into bad soil, the seed was still good. And here's what that's all about. If somebody gets saved, it's not the Word of God's fault. The Word of God is pure. The Word of God is always good. Amen? And so some seed fell into bad soil. Nevertheless, then it was good. That means all the Word of God is good. Now, the sowing of the seed and the hearing of the Word of the kingdom are one and the same. Now, I want to consider four different types of soil the the good seed fell into, beginning with verse 4. Verse 4. And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and divided them up. Now notice, first of all, some seed fell by the wayside. These are the people who hear the word of the kingdom, but understand it not. Then the devil or the wicked one soon catches away that which was sown in his heart. That's why Romans 10:17 is so important. Uh, this faith come by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The important thing is here is that you hear the Word of God. Now, the Word of God gives you faith, and you exercise the faith that God gives you, and you can get saved by the Word of God. Now, once the Word of God is heard, it must be understood. If sinners acted upon the conviction brought by the Word, uh, far more people would be saved then. But, they put all coming to faith in Jesus. They wait for a more convenient time, which never comes. And in so doing, then the devil catches away that which was sown. I've told stories over and over here, how people have come forward into preaching. And uh, I go down and ask them, why you come forward? They said, I want to get saved. I remember mean, one man in particular. And uh, I went over with him, talked with him about getting saved. He said, not now, preacher, I'll do it again another time. The only thing is he never came back. I was in the hospital. I talked to a man about being saved. He was dying that night. The doctor told me he was going to die that night. He said, no, I don't want to get saved now. I'll come back later and come to church. I'm going to get well. I'll come to church get saved in church. The only problem with that, you see, the, the, the time of salvation is when you hear the Word of God. That's the time. You don't put it off. Because if you put it off, the devil will catch away the Word of God. In other words, he'll he'll get you to think on everything else in the world except the Word of God. And that's what this first parable is about. Notice he catches away that which was sown in his heart. So the Word of God, we know, goes to the heart. It doesn't matter. Anybody that sits on the Word of God, it's like a man, I told me one time, well, you just go ahead, say whatever you want to, you're not going to bother me. Wrong. If you preach the Word of God, it will affect you. It'll get to you. And so that's what this verse is about. The attractiveness of the things of this world, if I get saved, I might have have to give up things. Is what I hear all the time. That's uh, our natures against God. But we must let the Holy Spirit bring our old nature in subjection to the Word of God. If you don't, the devil will take it away from you. Now, the second one is found in verse 5. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Now, i want to explain something before I go any further. The Word of God is being sown. It's like preaching to a congregation. If this building was filled up with people, and you preach the Word of God, and you watch the Holy Spirit deal with people all over the world, and and I have that privilege of being a preacher many times of watching the Holy Spirit deal with people. Now they have to make a decision. And some say, I'll put it off to another time. You'll Be careful. The devil will snatch it away from you. But then the second one is, here's some people themselves fell on stony places where they had not much earth. Now, this is one of the most difficult groups to understand. Here's a group who hear the word of God or seed who immediately receive it and does so with joy. In other words, they look sincere, they respond to the gospel without repentance, though, and without counting the cost. They also respond with joy. This is that bunch that's always joyful about, oh boy, we had a wonderful service, praise God, and you say, did anybody get saved? Well, no, but we had a good time in church. Uh, That's not the same thing. Uh, Getting saved is receiving in your heart. Remember this. Without repentance, there is no salvation. Repentance is a change of your mind. It's not just being filled with joy of hearing the Word of God and hearing a good preacher preach. I'm I'm very careful of people that talk about their pastor, how good a preacher he is, unless they tell me what he preached. Now, if you tell me what he preached to the Word of God, praise God. He's a good man, all right? But just to go around, boy, i got a great preacher. Boy, he excites me. Well, the Word of God will do that to the heart. But if there's no repentance, there's no salvation. The burden of life in the absence of the inward peace calls people to make this immediate response to the gospel. The whole world truly realizes a real Christian is filled with peace and joy. Here's what I'm saying. You ever talk to somebody and they watch Christians, they're happy and they have peace and joy with the Lord, and they say, I want what they got. And they're expecting they can do that without doing anything. Well, I just want that joy. I want that peace. But... The gospel is not without conviction and repentance. The natural man does not see the pre-work of redemption. Uh, the unsaved can only see the outward. And immediately upon hearing the gospel, he responds, and with joy receiveth it. But, now let's go to verse 21. Verse 21 explains it. Yet he is not root in himself. But do it for a while, for when tribulations and persecutions arise because of the word, by and by, he is offended. Now, you know what he's talking about? Here, somebody coming in, and, I want that, I want what everybody else got in the church, but they're not willing to suffer the persecution of the word of God that deals with you. Like a man told me down at the hospital one day, he, he met me and he said, are you still preaching that old hellfire brimstone preaching? Well that's what it does. The word of God convicts you. Amen. And so if you if you stand on the word of God like you ought to, people ain't gonna like that. And that's what it's about. And some people will give in to it. He had no root within himself. In other words, this is profession in a light hearted surface religious experience. It is not hot belief. It is a head belief. I mean, it's not down in the heart belief. This is no new nature implanted. Such a person may endure for a while, but sooner or later, he falls by the wayside. In other words, he never got saved. Verse 21 tells us of two things which will lead to this falling. Number one, for when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word by and by he is offended. The word when in this verse is if, is not if, but when. Two things every Christian is going to face in this world. That's tribulation and persecution. Now, why? Because this world is not our home. We're pilgrims. We're strangers passing through. And only the believer who is fortified within by the indwelling Holy Spirit will endure to the end. Listen to this verse, Second Peter one ten. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. In other words, uh, I want to be sure I'm saved. Amen? I want to make sure. Now listen to this. To whom shall we go, Lord? When Peter asked the Lord, will you go away? And Peter and Jesus answered him, uh, thou, shalt, thou hast the word of God. Uh, Peter said to Jesus, in other words, when Jesus, when Peter, Jesus asked Peter, Are y'all going away? you going to leave me also as others do? And Peter had the right answer. He said, Where am I going to get salvation? You can't find salvation nowhere else. It's in the Lord Jesus. Now, no, now others at that time had been with Jesus, they'd made a profession, but when trouble came, they'd float, they would run. Now, the first two groups, notice, Receive a good seed, but in neither case was salvation the fruit. Somebody said, How can you know somebody's saved? By the fruit they bear. By the fruit they bear. If you see somebody and they say they're saving, no change in their life, they never got saved. Uh, fruit comes with a tree. And when you get saved, it comes from the root. Now watch this. So the first two groups receive the good seed but they had no fruit of salvation. Now, group number 3, 7, verse 7, And some fell, now this us talk about a seed, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Now, watch this, please. He also received a seed uh, among the thorns, is the, verse 22 now, Is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the seed of riches choke the word, and he causes unfruitful. Now, watch this like the other two groups, these two are exposed to the good seed that is, the word of God. They hear the truth gospel message presented, they have to accept it or reject it. Now, this group knows right well the part of salvation, but through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the plan of salvation. There are two things that make this good seed untrue. Number one is the care of this world. Chokes the word. People today live as if this life is heaven. Well, I got news for you. This life ain't heaven. Amen? I, I hear people all the time talking about giving up stuff as they get saved. They want to enjoy this life. Now, I enjoy living, and everybody everybody around me knows I enjoy every day of my life, and I enjoy the things that God gives me in this life. But I'm going to tell you one thing. There's nothing in this world more important to me than going to heaven. I'd rather go to heaven right now than anything in this world. And what happens to this group is that they push uh, heaven aside, and it's kind of worship at at the... like materialism, they're interested in more in what they can get. Concerned so about the things of this world, then the good seed is, when they do that, the good seed is choked. Now notice what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 verse 25. "For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Now watch this. We must live in this world. Amen? We got to do it. To give ourselves to the seeking of these things, though, is fatal to the soul. In other words, if all you're interested is in things of this world, you lose it. You lose what the Bible is talking about. Now, verse 22, the second deceit is the deceitfulness of riches. Remember this. Uh, It's the love of money which is the root of evil. It's not the money itself. Money can purchase us uh, natural things. But it cannot purchase eternal life. I've had people that literally tell me, uh, well, I give, and they'll tell me all the things that they do, giving to people and giving to the church. They expect their riches to take them to heaven. Well, i got news for you. You can't buy your way into heaven. Amen? And riches become the good of man is to choke the seed of the word then. Now, the fourth group is found in verse 8. Watch this but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now here's the proof then of salvation. Notice everyone that comes into good ground, the seed fell in good ground, the one that gets saved, always bring forth fruit. Now, I might not be the better Christian than you are, you might not be a better Christian than I am, but we're both saved, let's say. But the Bible said we're going to bring some kind of fruit forward. Some, many good fruit. Some, just fruit. In other words, uh, let's say the pastor got many fruit, uh, piano player got some fruit, and some people just sit in the pew and, and thank God they're saved, they got fruit also. But the sign of a person being saved is everybody that saved brings some kind of fruit that you can know in their heart there's been a change in their life. Something happens to them. And so notice, please, that this group's seed fell on good ground. Now, for any ground to become good, ground for growing of seed, there must be some kind of pre-work done. I was raised on a farm. My daddy plowed way back there with a the mule and the plow, and I remember walking behind him as a little boy, and I never will forget it. First thing you got to do is get the ground ready for the seed. You got to plow it up, you got to turn it over. Now, only watch this. Did you know there's the pre work of prayer for anybody to get saved? Uh, someone prayed for you and I before you got saved. Uh, so, this Jesus did in John chapter four, uh, 17. John 17 said that Jesus prayed for every one of us. So we know there has to be the pre work of prayer before the seed can be sown. There's a pre or, or received. The pre work of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You sow the seed, you have to till up the soil to get it done. Then the Holy Spirit takes that word and germinates it upon the face of the deep, and Jesus moves. As he's in conviction. My daddy told me and my boy, my brother, one time, I never will forget it. Daddy was planting corn. And uh, back then we had soda, uh, sodium. That we In a bucket, he'd give us a little bucket. He said, I want you to go put a little bit of this by each stalk of the corn. And uh, me and my brother said, "We want, Daddy said, now if you uh, help me get all this done, I'll take you fishing. He shouldn't have said that because we got rid of that soda in a hurry. I mean, I'd put a handful by a store of corn you know, and get rid of that bucket of stuff in a hurry. Well, I got news for you. Wait a little while. It'll burn that corn up. It'll kill it if you put too much by it. And what, what I learned there is you sow the seed in the good ground, but then you got to fertilize it. You got to give it some nutrition. And then it starts growing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does to our he convicts us. First, you have the prework work of prayer. Somebody's praying for you to get saved. Then you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit with the Word of God. And the Bible says, No man cometh to the Father except the Spirit draw him. Then you have the free work of witnessing. The hearer must hear the Word of God. Listen to 1 Corinthians one twenty-one: That it pleases God by the foolishness of preaching to save those who would believe. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes to hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So the Gospel is still the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. But, there must, they must hear the Gospel. And God uses people to tell people of Jesus. <coughs> I never, my English teacher Mrs. Yeager, she used to snap her finger at me and I'd be sitting in class and you know, staring straight ahead because I was about half asleep and in her class, and she said, LaDude, LaDude, pay attention. You're not listening to me. I said, yes, ma'am, I hear it. She said, no, you ain't. It's going right over your head. It's going right over your head. You ain't heard nothing I said. And uh, she said, you pay attention. Did you know that that's what witnessing is for? Uh, Notice what the Bible says now. and It pleases God by the foolishness of preaching to save them would, would believe. Now, there must be hearing of the gospel. Some people hear, but they don't hear. They don't reach their heart. They sit in a congregation. You can go witness to them. You can give them a track. And they say they hear, but they don't really hear. They're not taking it in, they're not taking it to heart. But not only must the sinner hear the gospel, he must understand it also. Now look at verse 23, and God will explain it. Verse 23. But he that receiveth seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Do you know the only way you can understand the word of God is the Holy Spirit? Uh, interpret the Word of God to your heart. And if you, and I believe this with all my soul, anybody that wants to know what the Word of God means, the Lord will let, explain it to them. I know that I've dealt with people that think only the preacher can understand the Word of God, only their priest can understand the Word of God, or only their religion can I- interpret the Word of God. That's not true. Anybody that will come to God and say, you, Lord, I want to know more about you. God will reveal Himself to them. And by the Word of God, and then the Holy Spirit will explain Himself to you by the Word of God, and then you have to make a decision for Christ, or what will you do with the Word that the Lord has given to you. Now, verse 23 says, He that receives his seed into the good ground will bear fruit. Now, not all the same fruit, but all will bear fruit. In other words, uh, you can know them by their fruits that they bear. And if they bear no fruit of being saved, then they're not saved. Now, the problem is: Do you bear good? Fruit? Do you bear fruit? Do you? It's how you talk, how you act, where you go, everything about you. That's fruit. That's fruit bearing. And the Bible plainly makes it. That your heart, if you yield to God, that's good ground. God's looking for a good ground that's already been tilted up by prayer, by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God. And if you receive Him into your heart in that good ground, then you're a change. person. something happens to you. The Holy Spirit changes your life by repentance and you begin to bear fruit for the Lord. I thank God I'm not what I want to be but i sure not what I used to be. Amen? And I mean that from my heart. I know I'm not perfect. I don't even pretend to be perfect. But I know one thing. There's been something happened to me on the inside. It, it, God changed my life. And I bear fruit to the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the ways that I can know that I'm saved by the grace of God. If I enjoy the same old things and do the same old things and it does not bother me that I did before I got saved, then you never got saved. But if you can do the things you used to do and everything in the Holy Spirit convicts you of it and you have repentance of it, then that's the way you can know you're saved. Amen? And that's what this parable is about. Glad I'm saved. Aren't you glad God explains things? If you just He gives it to you in the first eight verses, and then He starts over and he, he interprets just what He's been preaching to you. Amen. I love it. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, will You bless Your Word tonight to our hearts, and each one that's come those that here. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you very much for being here tonight. Don't forget to pray for those who are tonight.